What is good? Live from L.A. And um, I guess good timing. Good timing. I want to go through all the LeBron stuff, stuff I, I felt like I uh, had right, definitely some stuff I had wrong, and then kind of how LeBron ended up getting to this point. I, If I sound a little tired, it's because I am. I uh, tried to go to bed early, talk to Sir Roots. Roots. How are you, man? What's up? Fired Nothing. Up. People still think you're a knight. Yeah, People and I still, get that all the time. Literally. It's unbelievable. A couple times a week. Right. So you and I talked yesterday, and you know the news broke. Uh, I went on with Van Pelt Saturday night, and basically um, tried to say he was signing with the Lakers based on everything I'd heard. I, I sent a text to Saruti saying it's done, but I couldn't say like, "Hey, I'm reporting." So. What I did was, uh, it's an informed opinion. So, but you know, like it's really weird, and it's true. You'll probably help me out with this a little bit. I do find it kind of funny running into some people in the media, being like, "Well, I knew this a week ago." And you're like, "Did you? Did you know it for a hundred percent? Then why didn't you say something?" Yeah, you know, it's like a, the, it's a guess. Like it's easy to just guess that LeBron was going to the Lakers, and it's easy, it was easy this whole time to just be like, "Oh, he's leaving Cleveland. He's leaving Cleveland." Just just without having any information. <laughs> like I wasn't talking to anybody, and I probably could have assumed that. Right. And that's the thing that I think is really funny about this is that it'll play out that it was always L.A. and that it was decided a year ago. And you know that I I resist that notion. Um, I am and I'm going to go through all these different things, but I, I do find it really funny how many people I've run into. that were like, oh, my God, dude, everybody knew this. And you're like, well, no, everyone sort of assumed this. But then why if like so what are you telling me? You as a member of the media didn't want to report the biggest story of the summer. You just didn't want to break it. Oh, that's cool. I'm gonna you let Clutch do it. Yeah, we'll just. Yeah, I don't want it. Yeah, I'm not really into. I'm not really into having informed opinions on the biggest stories in the world, you know, ahead of time. So here's here's where I think it's it's surprising. Here's where it's, it isn't surprising. Um, as you guys have heard me all year long, I always felt like Cleveland was was in play in this whole thing. And and people are going to disagree with me and say this was decided a year ago. It was over. Like you're nuts. The Contavious Caldwell Pope and all of this stuff. And you're like, okay, all right, whatever. Um. I'm very surprised that LeBron is not, it's not that he's a Laker, it's that it's uncertain. And the way it's been described to me, the way, you know, digging around on this whole thing, um, you know, I thought that it would be unlikely he would go to LA by himself, that he would be the first piece and then there would be uncertainty. In 2010, there was no uncertainty. It was extremely defined. It was Wade, it was Bosch, and it was all of those guys collectively together saying, this is what we're going to do. And when you go back historically and look at that stuff and you pay attention to the meetings and how these guys handle meetings, it's, it's always kind of the tell, but more often than not, we don't know that until after the fact. So then in 2014, what were the meetings? There was a meeting supposedly with Pat Riley and they wanted to do this full-blown front office deal and and that meeting was was a disaster. Guys weren't into it. They could tell right away. They were like, we were kind of done. And you'd heard this a little bit from the Cleveland side of it um, the last few days leading up to Sunday's announcement, again, that LeBron is a Laker. So when this run of meetings ran through again, like when those guys were saying different different reports that LeBron will meet with seven teams, it'll be eight teams. And I told you, there's no way. There's not. It's three teams. It's Cleveland. It's Philly. It's Lakers. And... Uh, you know, where was the meeting with the Celtics? Where was the meeting with the Warriors? So what happened to the Clippers? That, that's my whole point. Like, it was never all of those teams. And I think to LeBron's credit and his crew, they actually didn't want to waste everybody's time. I don't really think Philly was even in it. Even with the meeting, I don't think that they were in it. I don't think it was ever going to happen. And then once you find out that LeBron wasn't even in that meeting, you go, okay, well, like, this isn't, 
this isn't real either. And so the reason I always had held on to Cleveland is I felt like if Cleveland legitimately had a better roster, that LeBron would prefer to stay in the East, that LeBron would decide, you know what, I'm still have, I still have all this power here. You know, I still have all of this power. There is no Magic Johnson with the Cleveland Cavaliers, even though Magic, a lot of people are telling everyone today that that's the biggest reason that LeBron is a member of the Lakers. So I had always held on to that, but even when it was getting, you know, into the off season, and then, you know, look, we knew that the pick after the lottery was going to be eighth, and you go, realistically, and I think you and I, Sarudi, have talked about this on the podcast, you're like, realistically, like, what, what does love in the eighth pick get you? And then once the reports came out that love wasn't being actively shopped, which is just, okay, like, this whole actively, not actively, this team is not actively looking to do all these things, like, this is all semantics, it's all covered, every one of these guys is available, okay, everybody in the league, except for a handful of dudes that are either amazing rookies on rookie deals, or the five best players in the league, you know, everybody else is available, so when your team stinks, and I hear you're not actively shopping anybody, that means you're just using somebody in the media to do your bidding for you, and if you're in the media, and I've had stuff given to me too, where I say it, and then I look back and go, you know, what was that even accurate? You know, or was I being used a little bit there? So, Sarudi, I, I think once they were, you were like, okay, Cleveland's really coming back with this exact same team. Um, and people are like, people listening right now are going to disagree and say Cleveland was done. They were done. They were done. And that's fine. That's good. Like, I totally get it. But I do think if that team were better, he probably would have given it another year and wanted to stay in the East instead of jump to a Lakers team that as of right now, I can't imagine is going to be the roster on opening night this season. Yeah, I look at this as, you know, there wasn't a great option, so I trust and I like the Lakers the most. And yeah, it sucks to leave the East because it's going to be way harder, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I was in jeopardy of probably not making the finals and it wasn't on my terms because I was going to get beat by one of these you know, up-and-coming Celtics or Sixers teams. And, you know, I'm going to just go to L.A. because I trust Magic and it's a cool place to be and players want to go there and it's going to be easier to get guys there than it is to get guys to go to Cleveland. Yeah, because that's the other thing is that, you know, and a lot of people, depending on, you know, it, it, there's there's really two camps here. It's It's my very small one that thinks Cleveland was still alive, and I just believe that. Um, but of, of course, I mean, like... Wait, why would he want to leave the East? Like the East, why would he, you know, no, no one, everyone would want to be in the East because it's easier to get through, but it's just not a realistic option to get people to go to Cleveland. So it makes sense that he was trying to make that happen and that he hadn't ruled out Cleveland yet, but it just didn't work out. Right. And it also makes sense that a bunch of guys were like, actually, dude, I don't want to go to Cleveland. And this is where I think LeBron did hurt himself in Cleveland, at least the last couple of years, is that because he would not commit to the franchise, because that's how he and his team do business, that it actually became like, instead of putting the pressure and having flexibility, his lack of commitment to the franchise moving forward is mm-hmm. something that I think hurt his ability to bring in other players. I actually have a question off that, too. Yeah. Do you think that if, if, even if he didn't commit and the Cavs last year had pulled off that Paul George trade and didn't worry about the future, do you think he's still in Cleveland? Yeah. I, I think he and LeBron would have teamed up and, and done like another shorter deal. I really do. And that sucks if you're a Cavs fan. I think that hurts. But, you know, the story goes, depending on which versions you hear, like Woj is, talked about how Paul George wanted a further commitment from LeBron for him to come to Cleveland, okay? So if you believe that part of it, and again, it's Woj here, um, you know, that that tells you something. And then there's another version of that story um, 
that we've had out there that it was the team asking LeBron to commit further. And they're like, look, if we're trading Kyrie in this deal. Now, there's another version of this where apparently Kyrie wasn't involved, but I go, well, wait a minute. So which dude asked for a trade really late in the offseason after being upset about something? Oh, it's Kyrie. So I believe Kyrie was offered in something and that they were going to get Paul George and Bledsoe. Um, and so, you know, it's just the way this, the way these, I guess it's just the way LeBron works. I mean, I'm not guessing. I know this. And we know we have evidence of this, that he would not step to Cleveland and go, yeah, I'll, I'll give you two more years because the Cavs were like, look, if we trade Kyrie and he likes it here and we're good and we have him under contract for two more years, we can't move him for somebody who's up in 2018, just like you're up in 2018 and be left with nobody. Like we can't, we can't go, we can't do that. We can't do it this way. Now there's, there's, there's very, there's not, dramatically conflicting views on this so clearly like there's there's some similarities in all the different stories here uh that that are out there i mean some differing of opinion like i've heard versions of it was like no no no, they were going to get george they weren't going to move Kyrie and blah blah blah. look Kyrie got upset and wanted out late in the offseason that to me is the most telling part of the whole deal so that's the part of it where like i still believed in cleveland a little bit and what you just said, Saruti, I think is the best way to look at this is because this wasn't as defined, but then nothing else was. So now you're going, okay, I wanted to stay in the East. I wanted the Cavs to be better. I wanted to try to figure this thing out. And guess what? Nobody's coming here. Nobody wants to come here. And we don't really have any trade assets. Kevin Love in the eighth pick isn't going to get me what I need. Okay. It's not getting me Kawhi. Um, you know, Paul George had done an opt in and then forced a trade there. Fine. But George, you know, good luck figuring out Paul George because two years ago, George started this entire odyssey by saying he was going to go to the Lakers. Okay. He started this thing over two years ago and that whole year where the Pacers was weird. And then they move him. They get crushed because a guy that was going to be up in a year and they only got Oladipo and Sabonis and that pick, that whole deal has turned out. It couldn't have gone any better for the Pacers. And then they obviously made their snide remark about whether or not they would revisit Paul George and free agency. This is back, this is a few weeks ago. And the Pacers said we'd have to see if he would fit in with us, which I thought was hilarious. And then George ends up doing something that as it was getting closer to the start of free agency, more and more people were like, dude, I think he's staying. I think he's staying. And thanks Slam Magazine for all the crap that I've taken all weekend long for saying that I reported that he was gone. Um, I DM Slam. They have not responded. No comment from them. So back to Saruti's original point here that <laughs> I I think you're absolutely right. I think it's, you know, hey, look, normally I do business this way. I know everybody that's going to the team. We figure it out and we put together an awesome roster and I'm LeBron. And then it's, wait, that option isn't there. That option isn't there. So now what do I want to do? Come back to Cleveland with this bo- broken roster? that I had a carry to the finals or now I go to the Lakers in a leap of faith move. And so months ago, Hey, will LeBron go to the Lakers only by himself? No, no, he's not going to do that. Cause I think he thought <laughs> there would be better options presented. Like, of course, you know, the Paul George, everybody thought Paul George was going to team up with him. Everybody did. And then the, I look like I got a text two weeks ago saying George short term deal, Lakers, LeBron, you know, two plus one Lakers. And it was the same person that told me, Chris Paul, four years, 160 plus. Um, it's the same person that's telling me, Devin Booker, that max deal's coming. 
which I feel totally comfortable saying um, if, if it hasn't happened already because they were meeting. And that was kind of funny how, like, oh, Booker was really upset about Eulis getting cut. I've always liked Eulis, but the Suns wanted to do cap space, and it, we're talking about likely a backup point guard at best here. Um, you, you know, a good team. Phoenix, he played a little bit more, and it's like, so Booker's going to be upset? Like, that's like that's like being mad at your wife before the wedding about you, which caterer you used. Okay, you know, I may not like – this top as small play approach, but I'm probably still going to marry you and say I do. So, um, you know, as I've rambled here, I would say back to the LeBron thing, Saruti, that you go, wow, okay, there isn't actually that great option. I'm not going to be able to team up with a bunch of dudes. So maybe I will just go to L.A. now. And I think the weird thing and the excitement of all of this is who is this team, and I think that they're still – I mean, probably at best, like three or four in the West. Yeah, I think they're. I mean, you think I don't they're think worse, it's ridiculous right? as of right now to say that they probably might not win a first round series. Um. Yeah, the, the, Houston losing Ariza is a big deal, but you would still think, like, you know, if everybody's healthy. You know, let's let's see what happens here too. We're like two days into free agency, and we're acting like this whole thing is done. Um, I had been told that there were there were assurances made to LeBron, like, "Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do like we're going to do all of these things to improve this roster." But sign Lance Stevenson, Javale McGee. Yeah, and then these signings come out, and you go twelve million for Contavious Caldwell Pope. Okay, well, I understand that's a clutch guy, so you took care of him, but he kind of got taken care of last year. Twenty million one year, um, you know, and then you've got. JaVale, okay, minimum, no big deal. But then Lance, like, that was, that was a lot to pay Lance that soon. So I know Bobby Marks, and I was watching it last night with Van Pelt, and he was saying, okay, now salary cap wise, they're, they're really strapped. Well, not if they renounce Randall, not if, you know, they want to stretch Dang or if they attach something to Dang. So I still think there are moves to be made, and I would be surprised if this were the team. To start the tip, but I I couldn't say with like one hundred percent certainty based on things that I've heard and be like, oh, this is going to be a completely different team. So this could end up being the version of the thing that I didn't think was possible that he would go to L.A. go by himself and then play with all these young guys and laugh. You know, look, we've heard he doesn't the Lonzo thing. Like, you know, I don't. Good luck on figuring that one out because there are plenty of people going. If if LeBron's there, not only is Lonzo out because of all the Lavar stuff, it's just redundant as a player. Like, wait a minute, so you're going to have a non-shooting point guard play alongside LeBron? Like, that doesn't make a ton of sense. And then what are you going to do, try to hide it by staggering him? Well, that doesn't, you know, you picked him number two. So what is he going to, like, be a backup point? Um, So, you know, the Cousins thing I had heard short term, you know, one year and then hit the market again in 2019. But, like, what you what you can't sell me on, no matter who you are, is, well, you know what, they maybe don't want to trade for Kawhi now. They'll just get him as a free agent next year. Well, this this team just went through that with Paul George. You didn't trade anything because you thought you were getting him this summer. And then, guess what? He goes to OKC. He falls in love with Westbrook, the dude. And I mean that, like, as a comment. I'm not trying to be funny. Like, I think he loves Westbrook. And that was what I was hearing in the pro-Paul George thing is staying movement. Uh and and I look me included that were listening to other kind of player rumor stuff. They were like, yeah, now he'll you know look he'll he started this whole LA thing. He started this whole LA thing, and then like at the end of last week, it was dude. I think he's staying. I think he's staying. 
And then, by the way, credit to the Thunder and Westbrook and Presti. This should be the new thing. If you have a free agent that you think is on the fence about you and he may have like kind of an impressionable personality, throw him a massive party right on the night of free agency so that he has to be there and he'll feel awkward. <laughs> you know, like everybody should be doing it. I can't wait for the Fred Van Vliet free agent party as the best way to secure him, although he's restricted right now, so that's fine. Yeah, I don't – I mean – to me, his his mind already had to be made up, though, right? I think even watching some of those ESPN Plus things on Paul George, and I guess the the last one is going to come out Tuesday, so it'll be interesting to see how it all goes down for real. But I think this guy, is it ridiculous of me to say that he just kind of maybe didn't want to play in L.A. with LeBron and have that much pressure beyond him all the time? He was just comfortable in OKC. There's obviously less pressure. You're right. He likes Russ. And he's just more comfortable in that environment being the two where it's probably, where if he has, you know, he scores five points in a, in a, in an elimination game, he's not going to get killed as much as he would if he did it with LeBron. Well, he definitely didn't get killed that much doing it with Westbrook, right? Yeah, um, I mean, it was, it's insane. <laughs> so we already I can't saw how much we don't talk right. about that. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But we, I mean, we spent so much time on Westbrook and then Mello, Mello's kind of like a hate shield for Paul George because nobody, like, what's Mello's approval rating you think in the league right now? Yeah, and, pe- and and people Monk hating fans. on Melo for picking up his options. Like, what do you? Who are you? Like, why would he? Of course, he just because the fans didn't want him to pick up the option, he shouldn't have picked it up. Like, like of course he's going to pick it up. He's not going to make twenty eight million dollars anywhere else. No, no. I mean that was that was. You can't get mad at him for that. No, I, I completely agree. But yeah, I, I think like in summation of this whole thing, because and anybody listening to me over the over the season and and hanging on to the LeBron could go back to Cleveland thing, and it definitely like look the last couple of weeks you're going. Well, if Cleveland's not getting anybody, he's he's probably out of here. But would he go to L.A. by himself? But then it's like, well, well, if L.A. by yourself is the best option, it was almost like, okay, this is the plan. This is how we do things. And you go, wait a minute. The way we do things now, there's no plan that follows the script. Like, there is no defined thing here. So I don't know what's going to happen. And here's the deal. Like, if they get Kawhi, then it'll mean – like, I think LeBron's coming here thinking that Kawhi's showing up. I do think that. Uh and I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the Spurs. I can't get anything from the Spurs. So does Popovich on his way out get petty and go, you know what I'm not going to do is hook up the Lakers and team up Kawhi and LeBron, which could be like the first and second best player in the league. I'm surprised how many people keep saying Kawhi's the second best two-way player in the league behind LeBron. What? Do you, what? <laughs> Kawhi's the best Yo, two-way player in the league. What year is it? <laughs> yeah, right. Like is, People keep saying that, and I'm going, hmm. Now, offensively, I would, as great as Kawhi is, I'm not saying he's there. So is, is that what it is? Is the advantage so much so offensively for LeBron that he still carries the bet in mantle? Like, you can't be as bad as LeBron is on defense and be the best two-way player. And, you know, his, his decline defensively is indifference. It's, it's, it's saving himself. And if the media is going to rave about how amazing your season was all year long, which it was, and you don't play any defense, like, I would just keep doing what, like, if I were LeBron going, so wait a minute. Like assist numbers, the rebound numbers, shooting, my efficiency, the best it's been in years. And I'm, you know, all right, I will continue to not play defense because nobody's going to really call me out for it. Uh, so, you know, look, if Kawhi ends up coming here, then it'll be, oh, you know, this whole thing was planned out. I don't, I, hey, let me ask you this, Rudy. If you're looking at realistic landing spots for Kawhi in a trade, and I mean that in the sense that teams that feel like they have a chance of re-signing him, is there a better prospect going back than Brandon Ingram? I mean, I like Ingram better than Covington or Sarch. Or Sarch, I should say. 
That's okay. I good like work. good recovery. I mean, apparently Boston's not willing to give up anything, so I'm not. I, I don't want Terry Rozier. So no, there probably isn't. Yeah, that's kind of what I think. And you know, this whole thing out here in L.A. You know, listening to local radio as much as I have. Shout out to Seven Ten, and I. You know, it's it gets funny. I mean, there was stuff they were doing at the end of last week where they were talking about the rebuild after LeBron, Kawhi, and Paul George were here. <laughs> like, what assets are we going to have left in three years if we only win one ring with that group? You're like, well, you know what? Why don't we why don't we grab somebody here first? And uh, I don't know. It'll be really. It'll just be really weird if I just I can't accept that. Like, I'll t- I'll say this: if I'm what if- Philly. I try to get it done. I'll, I'll, I'll for give Kawhi. Up. Yeah, just, you would do just, it for a year, I and knowing I that he could bounce. I think I would. I like, I like those two guys, but not enough to. If seeing what what happened with Paul George, you just never know. And I think this might be yeah. the best shot. But see, that's I had somebody ask me that last night, and they go, "Do you think Paul George signing there will make teams more willing to give up assets uh, for a one year rental?" And I went. Maybe, and people will say it, but it's still stupid. Now, what OKC gave up, if we go back a year, the Pacers got murdered for it. The Pacers were in an impossible situation, and they still got murdered for what they got back in that trade. Not only was Oladipo terrible, he was super expensive, and now he's awesome. So um, I I don't know that the Thunder necessarily gave up. Well, no, I know for a fact. At the time, what the Thunder gave up, and I'm not even talking about fans and media. I had teams texting me being like, dude. Talk about taking L's, you know, look at that contract, Oladipo and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm like, they're, they're, they're like, what were they going to get? It's a one year rental. Everybody says he's going to LA. It's on. So now because OKC was able to retain him, now everybody just wants to start throwing assets at the Spurs for a one year rental. Like, I still think that's a really flawed deal. And the weird thing for the Celtics here too, Saruti, is they get, they get a problem with Kyrie. They got a problem. Which, so, which one of the problems? The injury or him wanting to leave? Both. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> they got multiple problems, it sounds like. So get ready for that all year, the Kyrie's leaving stuff. So with that as as a storyline to worry about, if you're the Celtics, like what are you going to do? Give up, you know, give up two you know, lose two, you know, give up assets here for Kawhi for a one year rental. So like, that's why when I, at the end of the day with the Spurs, if you're Popovich and I don't know if he's, you know, I've made this joke before, but just because he's grumpy doesn't mean that he doesn't want to do a trade, but is pop at the end of his run here going, you know what I don't want to do? Give my best player to the Lakers. So LeBron and him can team up. Like I'm going to do something else. I'm going to trade him somewhere else for a year and then whatever. It's like, okay, but are you doing that in the, the interest of, is that the best interest of your franchise? Cause if Ingram's better than any other prospect, you got to go ahead and do that deal. And I think that's what the Lakers are going to be working on this entire time. Like, they can renounce Randall. They could stretch Dang, which is tough. Um, and there was that Larry Kuhn who does the CBA stuff, who's awesome. He actually had this thing where it was like a rule where you could – they didn't know if it was legal or illegal, but you could extend Dang and then stretch. Uh, and he didn't have the answer to it yet. So that was something that popped up at least last night. And Ex- as you know – Explain I always how th- the stretch works, like – so what you do is just take the remaining money and then you stretch it out over five years. And you get that cap space back. Yeah. So it's like a my bad. So the stretch number stays on the cap. But um 
you know, if it were like one year left, you could go, okay, we're just stretching this out of the five. It's kind of a desperation move, but I think at this point it's better than just attaching first round picks to try to get rid of a contract. Um, even though, but I don't know, like, I don't, getting rid of those first round picks, if you know they're in the twenties, then whatever, you know, I, I wouldn't worry about that, but, um, that's where the Lakers, you know, when they did the, that Nash deal and all that stuff and, you know, those picks ended up being good and, at the time, you're like, ah, who cares? So, you know, it's not a habit that I would want to get into. Let's do a live read. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of the other free agent things here. And I'll tell you why I sound so tired. It's important to protect your home with a home security system, but how many home security companies are actually thinking, how can we protect your home and your privacy? That's what I love about Simply Safe. I'm going to get these guys over at the Casa. Uh, a lot of Spanish now. You're going to hear a lot of Spanish on the podcast now that I've been out in Los Angeles. Bilingual pod here. Right. Love our neighbors to the south. They obsess over details, not the south. I'm talking about Simply Safe here. Like no other home security company. Here's an example. Simply Safe has a camera and you can control it from your phone, but they want you to be able to protect your home and your privacy. So here's what they do. They came up with this brilliant idea, a privacy shutter for their camera. Now, Simply Safe wanted you to be able to hear the shutter click so you know it's closed. They wanted to have it on a light so that you could see and easily tell when it's on. God, I love this. And they needed it to work for the entire lifespan of the system. So Simply Safe got to work testing different metals and hinge designs for months and months. I love testing metals. The result, an effective home security camera with a thin, lightweight, aluminum privacy shutter that will work every time. It's a kind of attention to detail that sets Simply Safe apart and keeps your family safe. Simply Safe isn't just home security, it's home security done right. Check out Simply Safe today at simplysafe.com slash Ryan. That's simplysafe.com slash Ryan to learn more about Simply Safe today. Simplysafe.com slash Ryan. Need to get that over at the house. Okay. We still have things uh, to address, things to move on here. Um, you know what? You know what I like about this story, and because I don't have an answer for it, okay. And it kind of gets back to like my salesman. You know, my that was that was a long pause there on salesman, but I wasn't quite sure where I was going. So, kind of the salesman, so like you, you guys in sales that are listening, and women that are in sales that are listening to this podcast, you know that there's somebody in your group, maybe just at your company, maybe it's not that specified. Um, who does numbers, good numbers, and you know it's all kind of fraudulent. But if he's doing good numbers and he's making a commission and he's bringing money into the business, then isn't that the whole point, right? Now, you may think, oh, he inherited his book of business or he has this territory, so it's a no-brainer. He doesn't even have to do anything. He's not that smart. Like, you know that there is that guy. You might be that guy, by the way, if you're listening to this podcast. You just don't know it, and everybody says it's behind your back. Uh, it happens in my business with ratings. And you'll say, like, okay, wait a minute. This t- this show's ratings went way up. Like, what happened there? And you go, well, you know, their, their lead-in is strong. The show isn't that good. Or they have this figured out. Or, you know, there were some shows that switched from ESPN2 to ESPN1, and then magically, guess what? The ratings went up. And you're like, well, no kidding they went up. They're on ESPN1 now. Uh we don't call it one, but you know what I'm saying. So there are times, you know, in my business where I'll go, is that rating number a really, that was why I was always so proud about our numbers because our numbers are really strong for a show that was never, you know, and I'm not like, this is not me being petty or, you know, nasty about anything, but it, let's not kid ourselves. Like my show wasn't a priority compared to other shows. And then when we would beat some other shows, I'd be like, man, this is awesome. Like, look at us, look at us. 
Rye guy and Saruti just putting together a plan every day. Who we got? Randy Scott? Done. No problem. Who do we got? Will Reeve? Done. No problem. You know what I mean? Like, so I was always really happy about that stuff, but I'll admit that I would have moments where I'd be like, wait a minute, is that show's rating? Like, are their ratings really good or are people just sort of saying that now? Uh, is everything I just said there, I think about our industry fair, Saruti? Cause yeah. I want to be checked. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So. Real estate guy, right? I think half of you guys are kind of, sort of all of you are in it for yourselves. I think you represent the sale, not really your client. So were you killing it, you know, before the country almost went bankrupt? Or was everybody just getting approved for mortgages? So now we had a ton of buyers and historic lows for rates. Like, was it you? Has your strategy gotten worse? You know, do you live in an area where, you know, new condos went up? I remember when there were stadium sales, right? We would have sales inside of... Um, the stadium there when I worked with the Trenton Thunder and you would go, Oh, look at, you know, this guy's killing it now because of his, like his raw numbers or that he has improved dramatically from this year to last year. And you're like, or did we open up the lemonade porch and now we have way more inventory to sell and it has nothing to do with this guy. Like the, the lemonade, dude, lemonade porch that sells itself. Okay. So the whole point that I'm trying to make here is that I found it very interesting that when Woj was on with Van Pelt, not the night that I went on with Van Pelt and said LeBron was going to the Lakers the next day, uh, that it was the, it was, yeah, it was last night. And he goes, Woj, how did this happen? And Woj goes, magic. It was the first thing he said. It's magic. So magic's a really interesting dude, man. Uh, I think he's incredibly underrated as a player. I've argued in the past that I thought like he should be considered more for best player of all time. Not to say that I know like, Hey, I'm telling you definitively magic is better than Michael Jordan. But I feel like Magic isn't ever mentioned in it enough. And a lot of it has to do with what he did for Hurt Kareem. If you go back and look what he did in the NBA Finals in his first year, like as a rookie to step in in Game 7 and play the way he did and played center and then was this this evolutionary point guard and played in nine finals in 12 years, uh, I, I, just, I, I think we need to talk about him a little bit more. But because he is considered an egomaniac, which I don't know, how could you not be if your name is Magic and you have that resume and you were in L.A.? Like, it would be weird if you didn't have an ego, right? Uh, he's not he's not super liked uh, by other teams, you know? And when Levitard came out and talked about, like, okay, is, is Magic getting the job in name just to be a figurehead of this whole thing? And is he going to be putting in work? Is he going to be going to you know, different games and scouting, or is he going to wait until the NCAA tournament's around and then he shows up on TV and he's wearing a shirt, you know, and just saying, you know what I mean? Like there was a lot of magic eye rolling from media. And I would say, you know, other teams that maybe just aren't super into magic. So here's the deal. He closes on LeBron. So is that all magic? I mean, Woj said, hey, it's magic. Now, you'd have to imagine when Magic Johnson shows up to LeBron's house in L.A., when LeBron's flying back on the private jet, and he's there at the start of free agency, and they hang out for a couple hours, that, I mean, other than him calling LeBron Lamont Jones, like it wasn't going to be that hard to close him. But if this franchise, this Lakers franchise, that is everything out here. I mean, I knew, but until I got here, like now I'm starting to get it even more. Like this thing is everything. And there's, there's this expectation that like we're the Lakers. We're supposed to be awesome. Okay. Like LeBron, LeBron's supposed to want to come here. So after like LaMarcus Aldridge not being into our meeting or like we couldn't, this is a franchise that was mad it couldn't get mellow not that long ago. So if you land 
the biggest prize, I think you have to give Magic credit, even if you think, well, LeBron was probably going to come there anyway. You know, like, was Pat Riley the guy that got LeBron in Miami? Or was it Dwayne Wade? It was probably Dwayne Wade. But that's something I always struggle with is I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, whatever. Magic deserves zero credit whatsoever. Like, that's not fair. Um, and I think some people want to do that. Like, if, if Magic, if Magic is brought in to close big stars because he's as big a star as anyone that he's talking to and he has LeBron James, then I don't think you can get mad at sales guy here for just having a better territory and his uncle hooking him up with all of his pharmacists. I mean, I do sort of agree, and I've I've probably been a magic hater, and I think he's a little bit overrated in some of the things that he does. Not not like you know owning things, but like being the guy at the Lakers. But, you think I mean, he's an over? Oh, like you don't like his movie times? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of you know his just ownership of the Dodgers. Now I'm just kidding. But um, I, look at the Knicks. I mean, I don't know people like the Knicks are supposed to be some sort of marquee franchise, right? And you know they they seem to just get damaged goods all the time. So I, maybe it does take somebody like him to. Just have the trust of these guys to be like, all right, Magic's there. Like, even though I know they're a great franchise, having him there makes me feel comfortable that I'm not going to get screwed over in the future. Yeah, I think I don't. I, what you can't do is you can't like say I don't know. I, I don't necessarily know. I want to do this, but say say I were running the Lakers. Well, that's not going to be super impressive. Okay. It's not. I could, I could have a plan. I could say, "Hey, man, you know, I'm I'm not a dummy. I don't like to overpay for guys. Uh, you know, back half of the draft's a little overrated. I thought Porzingis was going to be good. You know, like LeBron's not going to care. And I'm talking about like anybody. Like if it, if you're not Magic, um, oh my God, is Neymar dead? I'm watching. He's definitely flopping around. Are you watching right now? Yeah. I, I feel like, and for those that'll be listening to this podcast, obviously later, I don't know what'll happen. You but will Brazil, probably know what happened, but yeah, you'll probably know. What, but Neymar is—he's convulsing, and I'm worried. I didn't see the injury. Here it is. What happened? Okay, oh, uh, he's so he's fine. Oh, oh he he's did fine. He did spike him though, but no. that's right on the shin guard. Yeah, he's fine. That's yeah. That that looked like he was trying to spike him a little bit. He which definitely is weird. got him, but he, yeah. I think he I don't know if it was inadvertent. He stepped on his at the top of his ankle. Um and it was like when it, it was during a dead ball. I don't know. I don't think he's hurt that. He's bad. twitching still and now he's crying. Uh, I mean th- there's no way he's really hurt. That didn't look uh, that bad. The, the magic well, spray is coming out. They'll be all right. The magic spray. The, the ability to recover here. And and by the way, um I'm all the way in on the World Cup again. I just want to throw that back out there. It's so much fun. It's awesome. The the pageantry, the drama of this. And yeah, like I don't love soccer guy tweets cuz now like soccer cuz more and more more and more people are are kind of going like with me here. Like this was kind of like the last one where I went, "You know what? This is awesome." And I love waking up in the morning and I do going, feel "Okay, like that's true." Yeah, I definitely I I think I appreciated it and I didn't want to be a jerk about it maybe 4 years ago, 8 years ago. I'm like, "This is stupid." Uh, so I'll admit that. So I've definitely, um, I'm improving as a person, Sarudi, is what this, I'm trying to say. This one's also been wild. I mean, the, the group stage was incredible. We had back-to-back penalty kicks yesterday. I mean, this has been a pretty good World Cup, considering like there are some big, considering the U.S. is in it, and there are some other big names that either didn't make it or are knocked out pretty early. Yeah, the U.S. would have probably been out already anyway. So I mean, that, probably. You know, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really 
impact my my whole thing. And then everybody who did the um bape, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, bop joke. Yeah, I saw that it's a bunch so of places. It's so funny how, and this is the my favorite thing that Old Takes Exposed does, is they do this thing where, like, when something happens, everyone says the same joke, and they compile everyone saying the same joke just to make fun of how bad the joke is. And, like, the, the Mbop one, I mean, it's just like, guys, like, one person made it. It's like, all right, it's kind of clever, I guess. Timing works out when he was born. And then everybody makes the joke. Like, yeah, and then I think those that. right, but I I think that's kind of what Twitter is, and then people are like, "Good day on Twitter, man." Yeah, and the person you know, you know with the most like, followers usually gets credit for it, and it's like, "Well, that's right. stupid." I made you know I was like the seventh person to make the umbop joke, but that's good, good for me. Strong had a couple other. I'm here for this tweets. Did a Ronaldo picture. We don't deserve dogs. Um, <laughs> you know, and I I did I did three or four of this. It's just all the same stuff. It, it bothers me. It does. It bothers you and I are too alike on that one because we should just shut up and you know don't don't let it ruin your day. Like who cares? It's a tweet. But yeah, the the lack of creativity. Like if I see something, like I made a joke about LeBron's hand thing being like you know Jordan punches walls or punches teammates and and LeBron and then you know two dudes were like seventh time I've seen it and I went you know what I'm going to delete it because I don't want I don't want my name attached to that. I hadn't seen it anywhere else. You know me. I wouldn't have done it that way. but, you know, it was late, and so I probably thought, like, hey, this will be... Nope, it isn't original at all, so I'm going to get rid of this one. I will say, did you see Adnan put himself out there a little bit last night? What did he say? Because everyone Shirts was off. going... You know, the, the whole L.A. Braun thing was, like, a, the big deal, right? That's that's kind of yeah. what we had used So for, it's not Lebronto anymore? He did Lebrongelis. Hmm. Which is hmm. really, really bad. Um, <laughs> and I love you, Adnan. It's awful. It only got 12 retweets. And, <laughs> like, that is the sign of crickets. 12 I mean, retweets, that is, tweets, 100 likes. That's For Adnan, who has a ton of followers, that's pretty poor. And That's a bad number. I'm yeah, actually looking a, at it, too. The first reply is Matt Barry, which is no. Oh, man. That's good. That's that's really good how bad that but is. But he put himself out there, so I sort of respect it. Like, hey, you tried to do something different, at least be more creative than everybody else, but it just failed so bad. uh yeah i i don't i don't respect like because i feel like like when i'll hear about somebody and they'll be like you know what's what's going on with this and then they'll be like you know this person's great at twitter i'll be like oh okay got it uh that first on the resume yeah because i don't know i think being great at twitter is doing something like original (laughs) and not but then I think I'm doing Twitter wrong. Like I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I throw out little, little tidbits there. Like I, when I was throwing out the LeBron LA stuff, like I, it's pretty clear when you go back and look at the tweets, like I knew what was going on, but I couldn't confirm it with like the third piece that I needed. And it was weird because this one guy that was just layup source, source on all this stuff, he thought George was coming with LeBron. And I'm like, ah, I don't know now, man. I don't know now. It's just, uh, I think we already did the Oklahoma City thing. I just think they should be so pumped. So, yeah, I'll, I'll admit there was a little part of me when it was Westbrook and George on stage with Nas and everybody's going nuts. And I was like, eh, you kind of lost to the Jazz in the first round, didn't you? Um, but you know what? That's not what that's about. That's about still being hurt about Durant leaving. Um, it's still, you know, just they should have paid Harden. So that's that's a fan base there that I'll admit I have times where I want to tell Thunder fans I absolutely hate you. But I don't hate y'all, <laughs> so I don't want to do that because I don't think it's everybody. But there are times Thunder fans you are like, oh, and I'm getting it obviously way more because of the slam thing, as you mentioned before. But 
uh, you know, that I, I don't want to, when everybody in the world is telling you that George is gone, uh, and then he decides to stay, then you should, you should celebrate. So I didn't want to be like a jerk and go, Oh, didn't you lose in the first round? Especially when so many people thought he was done. And by the way, Neymar is up. So that's a little, yeah, little soccer for you. Is pretty much crushing him. It looked like a, a lot of embellishment. Okay, let's. Uh, I'm not going to embellish here because I want to tell you about my good friends at Dollar Shave Club. Is now a good time to do this already? Let's do it. It's always okay. a good time for Dollar Shave Club. Absolutely. If you ever shower or brush your teeth, I did both today, or try to make your hair look presentable, did not. I've got good <laughs> news for you. Dollar Shave Club has a lot of stuff to help you out. Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Here's the deal. Dollar Shave Club has everything in the bathroom. These guys own the bathroom. You got little soap, some lavender mint deal. There's this Hawaiian mix that they'll throw at you. Um, you know that I love packing all of the little stuff in my kind of to-go bag, especially when I didn't have a house to live in. Um, it's much more than just razors. So they've evolved. Dollar Shave Club, yes, that Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. You name it, shampoo, conditioner, body. Uh, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, even a wipe that'll leave your tush feeling tingly clean. Big fan of their amber and lavender calming body cleanser. Because, like, if you're all worked up, just throw on some of that. Next thing you know, you're just relaxing. Never smelled anything like it. Good luck finding a product that great at the store at Dollar Shave Club's products. Uh, all of them are made with top shelf ingredients that won't break your budget. You'll feel the difference, plus shipping is free with your membership. So here's the way to do it. And ladies, if you want to get your man something, a gift, hey, I decided to sign you up for Dollar Shave Club. It's going to come out of your account. It's going to be like a few bucks a month. What a great way to do, like it's not a commitment, but in a way you're subscribing for your guy, which is maybe an entry-level commitment here. It's not a dog together. I think it should go Dollar Shave Club dog, then apartment. I think that's a natural progression. So here's a way to get it going. A bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products for just 5 bucks. You can get their daily essential starter set. It comes with body cleanser, one wipe Charlie's, their amazing butt wipes, their world-famous shave butter, and their best razor, the six-blade executive. Keep the blades coming for more bucks a month and add in shampoo, toothpaste, or anything else you need. Check it all out at dollarshaveclub.com slash Ryan, R-Y-E-N. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash Ryan, R-Y-E-N. So in summation on the LeBron thing, yes, ultimately, if you had told me months ago he would come to play here by himself with all those young guys, uh, as I said numerous times, I didn't think he was ever going to come here alone, and now he has done so. I still think that it's more likely that there's another piece coming here uh, than this being the roster essentially that they're going to start the season with. I am really surprised at some of the other signings after LeBron, but you'd have to imagine that he was on the same page with every one of these, uh, including a really weird number for Contavious Caldwell Pope and especially Lance Stevenson. So if it happens, uh, first night, opening night in this Lakers roster is kind of the one we see on paper right now. I'm going to be really surprised. And I'm with Saruti that I feel like they're kind of in the middle of the playoff seating uh, in the West. So, We'll see what happens here with Kawhi. And that's either going to be, let's take the best deal available. And for a team that actually will give up real assets that thinks that they're going to resign him because all signs, everything we've heard is that Kawhi wants to be with the Lakers. Even if he didn't cut down his team list, uh, as short as I think he should have, he should have never let anybody leak out anything that had any other landing spot than other than the LA Lakers. Uh, I don't know how Ingram is going to be topped unless the Spurs hate Ingram. Okay. And if it were Kuzma with all the stuff coming out that like, you know what? The Lakers actually really like Kuzma more than even Ingram because of how much fight he has in him that he's just, you know, this is one of these gym rat type guys that gets it. Like, and not to say that Ingram doesn't, 
Um, and I'm not saying that Randall doesn't like a lot of these young dudes are super into it and all the working out stuff. Lonzo hadn't been able to because of that MCL tear that we now just learned about and how little he was even working out. So I don't know what that means for him as a trade thing. And everybody made the San Antonio jokes last night. Once Lonzo said, Hey, welcome to the Lakers. And then everybody's like, you're out of there. I don't think in Woj, in what he wrote in one of his Kawhi pieces where he talked about the pieces from the Lakers that could be coming back to the Spurs. He did not mention Lonzo ball that. I don't think it's a mistake. I think that is done on purpose because he is plugged in with the Spurs, and I think he knows that the Spurs want nothing to do with Lonzo and LeVar Ball. And I can never imagine, like, I have an ego, okay? I would rather have an ego and feel good about myself than walking around thinking I'm the worst and that everybody's better than me, okay? Uh, is my ego prevented me from um, certain things? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, some people might be like, why do you have an ego? I'm like, I, you know, look, I, I would rather have an ego than think nothing of myself, Okay. I don't know how you could do this job without, you know, thinking that you, ha- you know, like, hey, I guess, will anyone want to listen to what I have to say three hours every day? Like, I guess in a way that maybe that's the unhealthy part of it. But imagine having an ego so powerful and so destructive that it's actually getting in the way of your own son's career. Like, we can make all the LeVar jokes you want and all this stuff, and then we'd start debating whether or not what a real parent is, what a good parent is, and all this stuff. And then it did become a race issue, I think, uh, early on with him being criticized and, and who was defending him. And who, you know, like who were, who were the people critiquing him? Who were the people defending him? It, it, it became, I think, obvious to me that it became almost this like extended discussion about race. But ultimately, like if Lonzo couldn't go to the Spurs because of LeVar or if Lonzo isn't on the Lakers because of LeVar, imagine having an ego so outsized, so damaging that it's actually hurting your own son's playing career. That's insane to me. And that very well could be what we see here. Yeah, but I'm most excited, I think. To hear what Lavar would say after he got traded, after Lonzo got traded, that's the only time I'd be interested in hearing what Lavar had to say. Yeah, that would be. I mean, it would just be hysterical. It, yeah, it would just it's right. gonna be stupid. And then, yeah, I, 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 and I, and I, part of me wants to know what happens to Lonzo and Lavar because, really, you know, what's there have been rumors about him going to, you know, Charlotte, Orlando has been a spy. If he goes to one of those two cities, like, does he become irrelevant? Mm, I don't know. You know, it depends on how good of a player he becomes, right? I mean, he's a bad basketball fit with LeBron. He really is. I mean, that's what's sort of weird about this team is that, you know, the guys they they brought in after, I'm like, huh. But you'd have to think LeBron was, you know, it's not like LeBron's going, hey, you guys got Lance. I can't stand him. Why don't you tell me this? Like, that couldn't have happened, right? No way. So... Uh, this is, this is huge though. This is huge. I mean, we can sit here and we can do all of this stuff where it's like, we crush so many of these front offices and so many of these teams and owners for never getting a free agent. And, you know, Dallas is always one of those too, right? You know, when they get DeAndre Jordan, which to me, I don't, I don't, what is their love affair with that dude? I mean, three years later as the league has changed and it's almost like Cuban trying to do something where it's like, I told you I would get him. And you go, and by the way, the dumbest rumor of the week has to be DeAndre Jordan to the Warriors because he was friends with Durant and Draymond. I mean, does anybody have a calculator? Yeah, I mean, what what could he even, what, would he make the full mid-level? I mean, what would he even be? Yeah, it's like, hey, do you want to make one five or 20 million? Hmm, I don't know. No uh, state tax, though, in Texas. They're going to end up with Dwight, though, so. Who, Just the wait. Warriors? Yep. Do you want to bet on that? <laughs> I... I just let's think bet a dinner. Let's bet a big fancy dinner, and then if if when I win, you can take me to Shake Shack. 
<laughs> okay, fine. All right. Okay. All right. So if you win, if you win, we'll go wherever you want. Yeah, because I, Part of I me like just my. Wants, what, what, what I want to see is him go there. You know, they're going to obviously win a title with him or without him, and it won't really matter. But then people, after the fact, would be like, you know what? Dwight's really matured in his year there. He kind of figured out how to be like a, a real professional, and the title change immediately. Yeah, I actually read a thing where it was JaVale brings his championship pedigree. <laughs> okay, I read that. That was like a real thing. My favorite thing that I've read in the last few weeks, Rudy, and I, I should probably try to get it word for word. Maybe I'll find the link and, and show it to you a little bit earlier. And I didn't really want to call out the guy, uh, but I'm gonna. And it was M, it was like the NBC affiliate in Sacramento, and it was a guy tweeting out, I don't know if it was, if it was from their account. But he was running through this list of, of free agent targets for the Kings, and it was so bad. Like, it was just bad. It was just, Kings will have interest in Aaron Gordon if the money is right. And you go, well, he's going to get, like, kind of whatever he wants. Ask you as a Magic fan and some Magic moves here uh, before we do a housing update. But, so that was the first one, right? And then it was... Kings also will have interest in this player, but only if the money is right. And then it got back to Aaron Gordon. It was like, if the money is agreeable, it was almost like somebody was tweeting about a sport they hadn't covered before. And then he actually said, if the money is agreeable for Aaron Gordon, it could be somebody the Kings could swipe from the magic. Orlando has not been a great front office the last few <laughs> years. Or no, no, no. Orlando has not exactly been a model franchise the last few years. First well, that's of all, accurate. it's yeah, but it's a completely different front office. And you're <laughs> yeah. you're covering who again? Who like yeah, the Kings. When it comes to the Kings, the Kings have it over the Magic front. Like the Kings, he's looking for more mo- stability in, in in the front office. And ownership. yeah, right, right. Yeah, Aaron Gordon be like, well, the first thing I wanted when I signed with the Kings was a stable front office that everybody respects. So that's why I'm here in Sacramento. So Gordon and I was talking with a team about this last night, just going over names, and I said Gordon feels like it's a guy. As soon as he signs the deal, you're not going to like anymore. So why don't you? Uh, Give us yeah, a magic I minute was, or two. I was pretty. I mean, I didn't want the, the fact that it's not a full max. I mean, it's pretty. It's it's it seems like a pretty team friendly deal. And I know he's had injury history because it's what four years, eighty four million or so. Yeah, it's That's not terrible. Not that bad. I no. actually kind of like that. And I, and I don't think I would have liked it if it was four years, whatever the max is, like one hundred and ten or whatever, one hundred and twelve. And so, listen, he's a flawed player, but I still think we haven't seen the best of him. He just has to stay healthy. I'm sort of talking myself into a front court of Bamba. Gordon and Isaac, and you know, obviously you got to trade Vucevic, which is I've been asking them to do for years. But I, I don't hate it. I really don't. And I like. I think you know the market was apparently terrible for him, though, right? I mean, if that's the only, the best contract he could have gotten, I guess there was there was that rumor about the Lakers potentially being interested in him, and there is no money, right? This entire offseason, and that, that's why they're saying a lot of free agents are are going to fire their agents. But I, I, I don't hate the deal at all. Because I think you just got to keep him. He's you're probably your most talented player right now. Like you just can't let guys like that walk. And I think it's a pretty team friendly deal. Yeah, that's the thing is you you just hate you hate losing the asset. You hate losing the asset for nothing. So that's kind of the number one rule. And that contract might not look too bad a couple years from now. The cap's going to go up. Yep. Did you hear about that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I mean, he's making like slightly more money than Bismack Biombo, so I'll take that. Yeah, Bismack's still in the league, right? Yeah, he's, he's making seventeen mil a year, I think. God, backup center, grabbing shoot. a few rebounds for a couple weeks in the playoffs. 
So bad. Well, that was literally the cap went up. So it's like, hey, we got money. Let's spend it. That's right. It wasn't a bad deal then because the cap went up. I love when people don't get cap. I the, My favorite thing on Twitter right now is people getting the cap went up jokes and the people that don't get the cap went up jokes. Like still a bad deal. And I'll just be like, well, the cap went up. And then everybody, <laughs> everybody that's in on the joke laughs. And then the guy that's not on the joke, be like, it's still a terrible deal. And be like, no, but the cap went up, dude. The cap went up. It's not a bad deal. Yeah, it is. Reggie Jackson should. No, 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 no dude. The cap. Okay. Um, and you had something on Hazonia. Oh, yeah. You wanted Knicks to share. fans. I was talking yes. to a guy, a Knicks fan that I work with this morning. Hazonia's a good player. I think this is one of those things where he just needed to change the scenery. He played pretty well, actually, after they basically declined his fifth year option. I still think he's pretty talented. He could shoot. He's kind of a ball handler. I actually wouldn't be surprised if he was a pretty good player for the Knicks on that one year deal. Give me, uh, give me a number. Give me a, give me a stat line for the season. Or oh man, it depends on how much he plays. Like I, okay, well let's let's say he's a rotation guy and he's playing on the like, Knicks think he's team. Gonna, I think he yeah. could average close to double figures. Yeah. Okay. All right. He's so gonna you, have the you, he's gonna have the ball in his hand. I think he's gonna. I think he could be a nice player and somebody you can be excited about. Plus, like you know, he's got the Euro connection in Porzingis. Are you? Is that racist of you to assume that Przingis and Herzogia is, to be will hang out? Yeah, like they're going to be friends because they're both white and European. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. I think that I think that's pretty good. Did I leave anything out? I think that's it. We need a life update next. We'll do a pod a little later this week. A life update, maybe some more on Kawhi. Okay. Uh, I didn't. I, there was only one guest that I wanted to try to get for today, and it was when I was stuck in traffic. So I. Um, I drove up, I woke up at six this morning, which isn't necessarily, it's early for like, I'm usually about an eight a.m. guy, you know, back, back, back east coast, I was about seven a.m. guy. And for whatever reason, I haven't been able to sleep in late since I've been on the west coast. So I've been kind of six a.m. guy, but today I definitely wanted to sleep in and I wanted to get this podcast out today. So I didn't have to come back later today. So Sarudi and I mapped out the whole thing. Uh, I'm in the house. Every day is a different day. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely very tired and I'm tired for one specific reason is because I don't have any drapes in my master bedroom. So I have one sheet and I know we've been over this before that's hanging, but it doesn't cover all of the windows. And then there's two other little windows and there's a neighbor that I have cause the houses are right next to each other. Okay. Cause I'm in like this big unit. So even though my house is, it's two floors or three floors with the garage, it's not a standalone house. Um, very common out in Manhattan beach. But there is a staircase into the house that's right next door to me and a door. And, of course, they have outside of the door this light. And the people keep leaving the light on. So what happens is, is even if my room, the lights are off and I'm watching TV and I'm getting ready to fall asleep, there's this bright light being shown right through the window. And I can't, it's brutal. It sucks. So I definitely think it's on purpose, which is insane because they're not doing it on purpose. But that's just me and my tired, you know like the crazy version of me they'll be like i know they're like they're like who's this guy and he has this house and he moved into this nice house and now there's people here and this house was empty forever and it was quiet and i haven't been loud at all um but i'm i'm convinced that these people left the light have left the light on keep leaving the light on on purpose to mess with my sleep even though i know that everybody just leaves lights on outside of their door pretty regularly either they forget or they like to keep it on what's and the now, drape situation though now so like dude this is probably so I, making you more willing to spend whatever the guy was asking for. Yeah, I mean, I did the deal. I didn't do the the fourteen thousand, fifteen thousand dollar drape deal, but I did a I did another one. Um, that's still far too expensive, but they're just expensive, man. Drapes drapes suck. So uh, they said maybe half of the installation is this week. 
So there's some furniture coming this week. The dishwasher, excuse me, the dishwasher doesn't work still. Um, the washer dryer guy, he showed up on Saturday. Your boy, super responsible, bed early on Friday. Oh, actually, I couldn't fall asleep on Friday either. But, you know, just on the phone trying to get all this stuff. I knew I was going to go on with Van Pelt right after Woj when free agency started Saturday night, which is going to be a great show and good good setup for me because it was 9 o'clock out here. And I uh, on Saturday I was there because I knew I had to be there in the morning. And then the washer dryer guy shows up and he just, he didn't want to do it. I could tell immediately. Like he was almost too professional. And so he walks in and he's like, up oh, your drip pan for the washer dryer. He's like, it's, it's aligned wrong. And I go, okay, well, I'll just move it and then I'll cut a new hole. And he's like, nope. Once the hole's in there, I go, okay, that's fair. You're right. I go, well, let me go buy another drip pan and I'll cut the hole and drop the nozzle through the thing. Like I can do that. And he's like, no, I don't have time. And then he's like, oh, there's no stacking kit. So I definitely can't do it. So then I was annoyed with the company I bought the stuff from. We go like I sat there and we talked about this. And then he's like, I think this is a little too tight. I need four inches of clearance off the back of the washer dryer for safety. And he goes, and your duct works bad. I go, dude. I go, you definitely don't want to do this today, then, huh? Because I was like, go install the next one and then just come back because it's all like in a little map, like a milk route. And he's like, nope. I go, I'll go pick up the stack thing. I'll go do the drip pan. I'll do it differently and I'll cut back the flange here. I'll do those things for you. We got to get this thing hooked up, bro. Cause I got a bag of dirty laundry from a month just sitting there in a room and it's, it's getting a little funky. And he was like, nope. So apparently that's supposed to happen today. A lot of apologies from Best Buy. Um, and I'm not making, I'm not criticizing. We appreciate Best Buy, Best Buy stepping up, but, um, there's no way that thing's not getting in there today. He wanted four inches of clearance, Rudy. Like, what are we, the fire marshal here? What do you do? Captain Fire? Yeah, this doesn't have to be the code. Come on. What are we doing? Four inches? Actually, the way they designed the laundry room, I'm realizing now, is stupid because we didn't need a stack. Like, they put in so much cabinet work in the laundry room that if they just left one side open and ran a cabinet across the top, it could have been the same amount of storage. Instead, what they did here is they limited my options for the washer-dryer. And because I'm worried about resale, uh, I'm just trying to do everything right and, and have it done the nice way. So... That was a really long washer-dryer story, uh, but it's supposed to happen today. So if that happens today, we get the furniture this week, the AV guy's done. The AV thing is really sick, and I want to thank the guys at MIR Audio Video. I want to make sure I get that right, um, and not an ad, but they just – they the guys coming out, they had like four dudes installing all the TVs. So I did the TV stuff all right because I want to just have it awesome and do it the right way uh, in case I get a job – covering the Pelicans and have to move to New Orleans by the end of the year. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm exhausted today, but I'm headed back out. And you know what happened yesterday, Saruti, is, you know, we get through all the LeBron stuff. You're a little nervous because, you know, I was telling, um, you know, when I went on with Van Pelt, it was basically like, look, he's going to be a Laker. But I couldn't say, like, I'm reporting he's a Laker. And if I had said that that way, then I think ESPN would have gotten pissed at me. Um, I... You know, and then you end up being right, and you're kind of like, okay, this is cool, <laughs> despite the 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 ten other media members that knew for weeks that it was happening, that didn't report it. Yeah, um, those guys are on top of it. I I went to the, you know, I go, you know what I'm going to do? I was like, I, I went down to the beach and I I grabbed a chair and I'm reading that Sapiens book, which you should pick up. It's so good, dude. History of us, man. We're all in this thing together. We're all in the same gang. And self destruction. Don't pay the rent though. Uh, 
I think the cool thing about it was that, yeah, I, I grabbed a chair, I watched a sunset, and I jumped in and out of the water. I went, okay, this is the whole freaking point, man. This is awesome. So it was a little reminder of, of being out here, even though the moving thing, like it was funny, I went on with Gottlieb and he said, you know, everybody can, he was doing this sort of analogy about, you know, where you're at and, you know, it's, it's super easy to say, oh, I want to go here, I want to go there. But then when all that money's staring you in the face, you may not want to leave. And I laughed because I, I didn't go on the air and talk about it with him, but I was kind of laughing being like, yeah, I had moments where I kind of thought maybe I should have just stayed with Will and, and, done the radio show and i think i'll still have moments like that from time to time and one of the big times was when i had to start packing up my house in connecticut i was like should i have just stayed <laughs> like this packing thing sucks but then you just get it done you just get it and done you're jumping in the water you know in la and you're like you know what that was stupid why did i think that right right like hey i really like my house except for these neighbors that aren't keeping the light on on purpose, but I've convinced myself. I'll convince myself at 5 a.m. as the light is coming out, but then there's this massive light. So you know what I'm going to do today, man? I'm going to go to TJ Maxx. I'm going to find a black sheet on sale, and I'm going to start cutting them up and hanging them in the windows, and I'm going to go strictly crack house style. Yeah, it's, because well, it's I'm like just, college. You know, that's, that's yeah, what we used to right. do. We used to just, yeah, like, you know, take a thumbtack, put a sheet over it, a dark blanket, and that would be up there for months. i got to tell you, I did it until I was 30. And I had a place in Boston, but I was on the ground floor of this building, so there's a security light in the back. And so, of course, I used that as an excuse to totally black out the room, and I painted it a dark, dark blue. And that thing was, I mean, we're talking interstellar in there, all right? That thing was blacker than black, <laughs> okay? And I don't think that's healthy. I don't. I think it's depressing. It's like and vitamin D deficient. Yeah, right. I think I would go back in time and tell that younger rye guy and be like, hey, you're going to have to get a little light in here. Like crack a window. <laughs> yeah, because in college you think it's hilarious to have it be dark as hell yeah. because you're sleeping all the time. Um, I still have it. I mean, I, 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 I would change that, man. I think it's, I, but you're a pretty happy kid. So maybe you're fine. But I, I just, I look back on that and go, that's not a cool way to be starting your day from the depths of hell. I don't know. I'm still a fan of it. I don't. I don't. I don't like a ton of light coming in, especially when you know, especially games are in the morning. Specifically, the World Cup now. Like, I don't like it when there's too much light when I'm watching TV. I hear you. I don't like I, people I, being able to look in the windows too. Dude, I, everybody I, can look at me right now. I know, Everyone I, can I just, look at me. That just weirds me out. I don't know. I hate it. It hits. So like if I go upstairs, like if I don't have the drapes this week and the furniture shows up, I'm gonna be guy on his couch. That's all right. I mean, I'm not doing anything in there. You know. Um I'm not a huge, like I'm not part of the swinger scene, so we're not having we're not having swap parties up there, and I don't even have a wife to swap, so they hate when dudes show up. Like if you're a dude showing up solo, you gotta have a your podcast has to be more famous than mine is currently to be showing up to that kind of party by yourself. <laughs> like we think your numbers are pretty good, Ryan, but you're not. We're not gonna let you, you in. You gotta bring yet. a little more to the party here. Yeah, Literally. right. <laughs> you know what i don't think we're going to top anything than that so uh we'll, we'll end on that note but yeah i you've already signed me up for another another uh pod this week is that because i have to because my number we have to right we do have to but we also want to no we want to all right so we'll do marty st louis and i really close friends obviously um no he's inducted to the hall of fame and i was texted back and forth so i trust me on this I want to start doing more guest interview things. I've probably said that for a month straight, but you know, the draft's my wheelhouse. LeBron just showed up. He's a neighbor now. So we, we had some bigger stuff to do, but I would, uh, I would end with this. I will, 
I will be really, really surprised, and I know I've said it five times already, if this is the Lakers team that opens the season. All right, man. Thanks, uh, thanks everybody for doing this and listening to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. I did find a crate of Rosillo stuff that maybe we'll have a, a party in the South Bay somewhere and hand out the remnants. It's a great call. A lot of people show up. I think there would be a decent amount of people to show up if we did a live taping of the podcast and did it from a restaurant bar. Live taping with vintage swag. Yeah, definitely. Vintage swag. We would get, we would get a decent number for that. Um, there's a couple places in play that have asked about it. And depending on what happens with the podcast anyway, um, we're probably doing it from walk-ons before the Bama LSU game this year. All right. I just had my last sip of water. I'm going to go over and I'm going to do the morning show with Keyshawn, LZ and Jorge. That's George Sedano. (laughs) And I'm, Expecting Keyshawn to say something that'll make me mad within two minutes. Because that's what he usually does. So that'll be interesting. All right. Until next time.